Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If with PG, parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. You're listening to Comedy Central. Happy Black History Month. Oh, happy Black History Month to you, too. <laughs> I appreciate all the white people celebrating. Yeah. They don't know who I am, but they <laughs> clapping for me anyway. Oh, no. They both think we're in the end of it. Um... <laughs> You know what's interesting? It is Black History Month, and and uh, the first day Tom Brady oh, <laughs> announces his retirement. That's yeah, hilarious. I mean, and on the day or the where leading up to the Super Bowl, right? First two black quarterbacks ever. in the Super Bowl of ever, and we also had yeah. we also had um, over the weekend what I believe to be the blackest moment right. in playoff history. Right. I don't know if you saw Patrick Mahomes' daddy on the sideline, Patrick. LaVon yeah. Mahomes' yeah. daddy on the yeah. sideline. Oh, I loved it. It sounded so much like my black uncles. Yeah. It was... When you say, what's his middle name? Oh, LaVon. Then you know it's going to be black. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it was the familiar yeah. den of a black uncle. Oh, yeah, it was. It, it sounded was. Like, a, like a leather <laughs> baseball cap. It's Hennessey. the blackest Super Bowl ever. Oh, 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 oh so good. That's that the kind so of dude good. come over you high the jury. He said, I'm smoking on that Joe Burrow. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Sound just like Bob. But it is, it's historic. Two black yeah. quarterbacks started for the first time. And what does that mean to you? You're a former player. What does yeah. that mean to you? No, I mean, I think it, it, uh, it represents, I hate the word progress, but it does kind of sure represent does. some progress. I mean, there's lots of other things in the NFL and in the world, frankly, that we need to work towards. But one thing that we've had to finally accept is black quarterbacks are Perfect leaders, perfect right. quarterbacks. And the problem was that they didn't think they had the intelligence. I think um, it's, it's one about the intelligence and, and also in the leadership, and right. it's also about y'all. Like, right. frankly, it's about what the, what the quarterback represents right. on a football team right. is something that uh, white people in America in general were never comfortable with seeing right. a black person uh, represent that. So it's been... It's been great to see not only have so many successful black quarterbacks, uh, and we saw even some quarterbacks that are black that aren't good, right. which is a show in progress, too. Yeah. Because we, we can be just as shitty as you guys. I mean, that, that, is, that is progress. But the most like uh, exciting thing about it is the future of the league. The best quarterback that I think any of us have ever seen is Patrick Mahomes. I think I've never seen anybody be able to do the things he does. Now, you got to, of course, you got to be great over a long period of time. Because there are people who started out that way. I thought what um, Cam Newton was doing was remarkable. And then, and then, and then you see what happens. It, it's interesting because we talk about football. And there's, there's a, a marked difference between the way players in the NFL are treated and the way players in the NBA are treated. And I think primarily it is, it is the ownership. Uh-huh. Um, I think that the, uh, the ownership in the NFL has a decidedly different view 
of their commodity than the NBA does. Like, you would never see an NFL an NBA owner talk to a major star like, like NFL. If, if, if somebody talked to LeBron James like they talked to some of these stars, yeah. it would be over. Yeah, I mean, Le- LeBron James has a disproportionate amount of power, but, like, singling out the NFL, and trust me, I'm not going to be up here defending right. the NFL, right. but the NFL exists in our society. And frankly, NFL is no different than any other Absolutely. workplace. Right. And so, like, the hierarchy that exists in the NFL is like it's going to be blacker at the bottom right. and is, or minorities right. at the bottom, and you go up higher and higher, right. and there's less risk, there's less danger, there's less injury, there's less pain, but there's more money, there's right. more success, right. there's more protection. And that's, like, that's true in the NFL, and frankly, that's true in the NBA. It, That's true. Everywhere. everywhere that y'all work is true. It's true in this building. Yeah. Sorry, I, they may not have not me this back. this building. Yeah, not, not yeah. Right okay. Not yeah. today. Yeah, not, <laughs> not, not today. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's interesting because we, we watched, when I watched what happened to uh, Hamlin mm-hmm. on the field, um, I was personally, like, because like, I watched football a very long time, and I, I'm sure you've seen a lot of injuries. I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah. And um, the way that the players reacted, um, it was it was it was hurtful. I mean, obviously you were sad that somebody was suffering there, but it was such a beautiful human moment yeah. because the NFL got to be human. Yeah. They, like the coaches were like, we ain't playing this game, yeah. and the owners like, yes, you are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the, you you got to see men that just were empathic and and just right. men who were crying and praying, yeah. and not because they won or they lost, because right. they were praying for for somebody who was in yeah. need. I played for a long. I played a long time. I was in a game where a player got paralyzed mm-hmm. um, on the field and he was taken off. We waited five minutes, warmed up, and played again. All right. I played in a preseason game where a player died in a locker room afterwards. Like I've been around some mm-hmm. ugly parts of football, but to your point, I've never seen anything what, like. What do you think was different about that? That particular play, is his heart stopped on the field. I mean, but we've seen people pass out. We've seen yeah. people have – but it was something different about that that made yeah. – because I didn't think it was all that bad at first. Right, I, none I'd of seen, us did. Hell, I passed out during COVID. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I, but there was the way – because I think that people are used to certain types of injuries or seeing certain types of things, but that scared everybody. Yeah, the reaction from the players really, like, scared all of us. And I think this all goes back to the original conversation that we were having about, like – American culture and the hierarchy that exists is you show up at those games as a player and you know that there is no limit to the risk that you're taking. Right. But awful why, why, why would happen. you do it though? Well, you do it because you grow up. So when you were a kid and you want to play football, you decide before you're like of clear mind. Right. And then you show a propensity for it. And people just keep pushing you along, keep right. pushing you along. And nothing's wrong with that. I and frankly, when I came up, we were unaware of the CTE stuff. Sure, that came sure. out while I was in would the Would that league. have changed your mind? I like to think it would, but I doubt that it would. And to be honest with you, I don't um, begrudge any of the players now for participating in a game knowing the risk that it takes. The thing that frustrates me is there is a cap on the amount of money they can make, on the amount of uh, like health care they can receive. The league negotiates for a cap on that. But on the other side, the owners, the coaches, the general managers, but, there's but no cap the, on their success. But that's up to the players, really. Because there's a sense that if, 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 if NFL players didn't play, that shit would be rugby. Right. Yeah. And I think the goal is to make you pretend like you don't have a choice. I believe you don't have a choice. You go to some of the finest institutions of higher learning on the face of the earth. You went to Harvard. You're a very bright man. But to make you believe that you're beholden to a thing because of your mind is the biggest game in town. So I agree and I understand. So to be clear, I went to Harvard business school. I'm a terp through and through, first of all. But um, the first... He's he's downplaying Harvard. Yeah, man. I know somebody went to the new school. Let me tell you something about that. (laughs) 
I would say that <laughs> quality callback. Harvard is no new school. Yeah, Let me it's tell you quality that. callback. <laughs> no, I would say that. I get your point, and I'm sorry to sound like a broken record, but like we all exist in a society, and I think the players as a whole, solidarity is power. If they stop Absolutely. playing, you can get what you want, and all of us can get the things that we want sure. if we band together. But the challenging thing about negotiating with the owners is the same thing that we all face, is trying to change a system that's entrenched. The people who are already in power in that situation. Sure. So if you are to strike, if you're a player, to, if you're a group of players to get what you right. want, that's essentially a war of attrition. Right. The commanders, the Washington football team, it's reported is going to sell for $8 billion. Right. How do players win a war of attrition against them? And then you compound that by the fact that we get pressure from everywhere. Sure. No one comes down so rarely. I think it's changing some now, but so rarely do fans come down on the owners when there's an issue. Not at all. They mad at the players Be- all the time. Because that, that's the face that they, or they can't even see the face because they have a, right. a helmet on. Um, <laughs> I think you guys have a tremendous amount of pressure on you in, externally because um, if you're an athlete, um, you, people aspire to be you. And, and there's an amount of external pressure that society, from a civic perspective, from a cultural perspective, um, from an activism pr- perspective. So, and and it's, it's really important, because the only time generally they see black people is we're running, jumping, singing, or dancing. Yeah. It really is. It's right. the only time we have everybody's rapt attention. Right. Mm-hmm. And so how do you balance the fact that you are a professional, you have commitments you have to, uh, you're obligated to, but you still have a commitment to making things better yeah. for a community. It's, so it's unfair, but that's life. It's unfair that that responsibility falls on black players because it doesn't fall on, black, on, on white players. Sure. Like, no one has this, this expectation sure. of white players to do the same thing. But as black players, they all know that that expectation falls on them. But I think Howard Bryant wrote a great book called The Heritage about the history of activism and athletes. And it's changed the position of the players um, and and activism has changed. And I think that that's incumbent on us as spectators and people who care about it to understand that athletes aren't activists anymore as much as they are like flashlights. They are not entrenched in the fight in the way that say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was, which is fine. So when they get an opportunity and they say, look over at Tyree Nichols, then it's our job Mm -hmm. to jump in because we can't expect them to commit themselves to being the best in the world and then also commit themselves to be on top of the latest reading and the latest like but it's, social it's really self-preservation strategy. virtually every skill set that got you on that field will get you will make yeah. you a hero on sunday will make you a target on monday mm-hmm. if you're big you fast you strong and you black mm-hmm. on sunday that's an attribute on the streets of the of of, of, of this country it is a detriment yeah. so it, it is self-preservation there's one there's yeah, only one fair. standard i have do what you can to the best of your ability. Do what you can for as long as you can, for all that you can. And I think that one thing I will say about you, even before I got a chance to meet you, I love how erudite you are. I love how nuanced you are. Because most things aren't just black and white. Yeah. And, 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 and I love how you don't just depend on your physicality. You have never just depended on that. But I, I hated how you played. You said, I'm a, I'm a turf. Now, <laughs> nobody would ever put yeah. Maryland well, above man. Harvard on any resume. I, I would. <laughs> but it ain't no new school. <laughs> you, you, you've seen that there's a pretty broad continuum of experience between the way the NFL was then and it is now. Are you more hardened or more disappointed by the direction it's going? Yeah. Um, I think that's a tough question. I think I am. That's why I'm here, baby. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> yeah. I think that 
It's not about the NFL, and I'm guilty of this as much as anybody else, is we think of the NFL as a single entity, which, like, yeah, it's an institution, but the NFL is made up of a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. And the most important entity in the NFL is the players. And so that, like, gives me optimism because I've never been more impressed, more excited, more invigorated by not only the talent, but the perspective and the engagement of these players. We talked about Patrick Mahomes and how he's the best quarterback in football right now and on a trajectory to be one of the best of all time. He spoke out. He was one of the first faces in that video about Colin Kaepernick. And I know that Colin Kaepernick's not back in the league, but the idea that a black quarterback who can obviously – avoid this conversation if he wants to like they that opportunity is presented to him time and time again and he does not and that's an example to everyone else and players like Lamar Jackson who are willing to be outspoken and fight for players right like all of these players in the league and it's not just the black players it's the white players also like the league is in so much better place because of the players and if only the players like fully realize, understood but it there and there is a vested it. interest in making sure you don't realize it. everything you have you have because somebody that look like you <laughs> sacrificed that's why you have it um you want to lead the union? No. You said, yes. I don't even pay my dues. Um, what would the... You, you, you're, you're older now. You have a family. You've been married. You've lived in various places. You've seen the world. What would the um, uh, adult you tell the rookie you, the wide-eyed, the wide-eyed, euphem- the wide-eyed yeah, right. kid that would walk in Philly? What, what, what would you tell you? Uh, have as much fun as you can. Oh, no, that, you didn't, that's a different conversation. That's an off-camera <laughs> conversation. My bad, my bad, my bad. That's for the when the cameras go off. <laughs> um, no, I think the most important thing is to get as many different experiences as possible. And we are so focused and we're celebrating. I did a bunch of ESPN stuff today mm-hmm. celebrating Tom Brady's career. And sure. his career deserves to be celebrated. Absolutely. It was great. Absolutely. And part of the reason why it was so great was because it appeared to me that nothing else was more important than football to him. And that's fine. If you can be Tom Brady, not everybody can be Tom Brady. And I know that having all these other experiences, the tough thing about being a player in professional sports is your skills aren't applicable anywhere else. No. So if you don't hit that home run, and it just goes back to like the, the challenge for being a player versus a, in the ownership class. If you are a player and you play three to four years, then the league minimum goes up and you're out of the league and your experience I mean, sets you up to be a bouncer. Like, what? Right. It, you are in a tough situation. Right. So, like, one of the things that I did, and I would encourage all the players to do that, is get involved in the union as much as possible. Like, that helped open my mind to how many other opportunities there were out there in the world. Get involved in community things, obviously. And also, like, when you have time, one of the things that we negotiated was for a longer offseason. Sure. Use that offseason to go do something else. It'll make you a better football player. Yeah. It'll make you a better person. It'll make you a better husband and I, father. I just, I, I dig talking to you, but I, I, I'll say this. I want you to understand this. I truly want you to understand this. And I, 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 most of the men who are on that football field go to the finest institutions of higher learning in the world. It is not their physical attributes. It is their minds. And when you understand that your mind is the most valuable piece of real estate on the face of the earth, they can't beat you. They can't. It is not your body. Your body will fail you way before your mind does. You know, you, you, you are here not because uh, you're, you're phys- you're, right. you, you, you may think that right, because yeah. you hurt yourself you're here, but your mind was ready. Yeah. And these pe- maybe I'm just, you know, I got a GED, so who am I to say? <laughs> But if you go to college, drop by a class every once yeah. in a while. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it ain't no. got to be the new school, but it can be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Dominique, Dominique uh, Foxworth. Be sure to check out his new podcast, The Dominique Foxworth Show. 
Explore more shows from The Daily Show podcast universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.